Welcome to the Asian European Society podcast. Founded in 2019, the Asian European Society Munich provides a platform for students and young professionals to establish new cross-cultural connections. Our mission is to foster intercultural respect and understanding between Asia and Europe. To achieve this, we organize a wide range of speaker events, corporate workshops, and social events. Originally, we started out as a student organization at the Technical University of Munich, but are slowly growing into a global community with members from all over the world. Hi, welcome back to the Asian European Society podcast. My name is Karen, and today I'm joined by fellow AES member Nan. In this episode, we will talk about founding a startup in China. And delve into the unique aspects that make up Shenzhen's entrepreneurship culture. Our guest today is Bruce, who founded the startup Bottle Technology. So, welcome, Bruce. Excited to have you here. Would you first like to tell listeners a little bit about yourself and what your startup Bottle Technology is doing? Hello, everyone. I'm Bruce. I'm from China. I'm currently in Shenzhen, the southern part of China, and I'm doing my startup Bottle Technology. Uh, before I started this bottle technology, I also have a startup in uh, blockchain back in 2017. Uh, that's that was during my exchange. Uh, I'm an exchange student in National Taiwan University, and in 2017, blockchain is a very heated topic. So some lab students uh, and me we cooperate together to try to solve some of the problems in. Blockchain, and uh, that's my first startup. So, uh, after graduation, uh, graduating from uh, our university, I uh, go straight to Shenzhen to start my second startup. It's called Block uh, Bottle Technology, and our initial focus w- uh, was trying to build a, an artificial intelligence competing platform like Kaggle. Kaggle is a is an is a platform where A lot of data scientists they can compete with each other, and uh, the the person who have the top score will res- receive a top prize. And we have a similar idea, but uh, we try to do it uh, so uh, all those data scientists they can train their reinforcement learning model, which is uh, a very advanced artificial intelligence like AlphaGo. So they can train this very uh, very advanced. Uh, Artificial intelligence model and compete with each other, but then we we face some problem. Uh, we don't have enough fund to you know continue the development, so um, we start to work on some uh, project. You know, do a very uh, small website and uh, try to make some money from this website, so we can continue working on our machine learning platform. Great. So, what was the reason you decided to found your own business? Like, what was something that sparked idea for your startup? Um, well, actually, uh, I always want to found my own startup. So, uh, before I went to university, I just told my parents, uh, "I don't want a job after graduation. Uh, I want to have my own startup." So, founding a startup uh, has always been a has been a long time dream. But uh, doing the second startup, startup is actually, uh, I want to prove myself. So, uh, my first startup, 
um, well, back in 2017, we, we have some failures. And I think uh, I can avoid those failures uh, this time. So after graduation, I just go right into this Spark Attack, uh, go right to Shenzhen and start a startup and uh, try to avoid the mistake I have last time. Okay, uh, thank you, Bruce. Uh, in my mm -hmm. opinion, startups are sometimes facing difficulties in accumulating their initial funds, uh, especially mm -hmm. in finding investors. So I'm quite curious that how you find your initial funds and could you please kindly explain the process in finding investors in China? Uh, well, uh, we're burning our own savings. So. Uh, my co-founder and I, we make some, uh, he, he makes some money uh, during his uh, previous companies. He, he uh, founded two companies previously and he makes some money. And uh, I do a lot of competitions. I'm, I save a lot of money from uh, the price that I make from the, those competitions. So we're burning from our own savings because uh, it's very hard to uh, get to a seed fund uh, during these days uh, because I'm, I'm nobody. I'm actually nobody. I don't have a reputation. I don't have enough connections. So it's very hard to accumulate those funds. So we, we just we'll try to burn our own money, build our first proof of concept. So a proof of concept, that means uh, you have a working product instead of just an, just an idea. Yeah, so we are burning our own money to come up with a proof of concept. And if it's working well, we will, you know, approach investors and uh, get further funding. Okay, so you mentioned like, uh, if it's possible, you are also like funding investors. So could you please mm -hmm. briefly uh, give us a kind of like picture about what the process is like for funding investors in China? Mm, for Bottle Technology, I, I didn't approach any investors because we don't have a proof of concept. So we, we just have an idea. We don't have a working product. We don't have a business plan. So we don't approach investors in, in this Bottle Technology. But uh, during my first startup, the blockchain startup, we actually approached some of the investors in Shanghai. And... Uh, and uh, they are quite, because in 2017, blockchain is a very heated topic and a lot of investors, they just want to invest their money because they will make a huge, huge return. So finding investors is quite easy, but uh, it's very hard to tell which are uh, good investors versus bad investors. I mean, bad, I mean, they just want to make money. And uh, the moment, you know, the moment, you give you you give them your share and or some uh, or they get their profit. They will just uh, they will just uh, liquidize everything. They will just they, they don't care your long term goal. They just want to liquidize or everything or even worse, they just want to you know scam you with a large uh, a large amount of money from from you. So it's very hard to tell from good investor versus bad investors, um, especially when the market uh, when uh, it's like a bull market so uh, we try to uh, talk to those investors and uh, we, we show them our concept our product and 
and see whether they really, really uh, understand what we are doing and uh, whether they will cooperate with us in the long term. When you told your parents about your decision to start Bottle Technology, what were their initial attitudes or thoughts? Um, because I can imagine that founding your own startup also comes with more risks compared to a corporate job. So were your parents maybe worried about financial stability? Or did they ever tell you to just go to a company, to a large tech company instead? Yeah, they, they talk about that a lot. You know, because because uh, yeah. um, they, they don't understand what I'm doing. When mm-hmm. when, when I t- um, talk to them about uh, my first startup blockchain, uh, they have no idea what blockchain is. They they never heard of uh, Bitcoin. So not even so. Not to mention the the technology that behind Bitcoin. So they, they don't understand what I'm doing. They just um from my past record. They just trust me from my past record. So they think, okay, mm, you know, you, you have done some, uh, you have done something and uh, we just trust you with it and see how far you go. But uh, uh, this is also, mm, you know, keep mentioning about going to uh, uh, a big company or uh, doing a master degree because they, they are actually employees. They, they, my father used to mm, start his own company but it's quite hard for him. And he knows, he knows uh, doing a startup, it's very, very hard. So he talked to me about it, but um, although they try to talk me into all those big companies, but um, they they see, I'm quite sure about it. So they just um, let, they just trust me. Yeah, they trust me based on my past record. Interesting. I'm also curious, like when you told, for example, your professors at university about your plans for bottle technology, what did they say? You know, when I start my own company, um, our lab professor uh, just told us, told you know, uh, we, we are we are all uh, his uh, we are all his students in the lab. He just told us, okay, you guys have nothing to lose, everything to gain. You know, if you lose. Uh, you will get a college degree. Mm, you know, you can have a, you can have a pretty good pretty good job. Mm, there's uh, nothing about it. But uh, if you win, you will make uh, a lot of money. You will get a very high. You will get a very high reputation in the industry, and it will be a lot easier for you to do other things. So he just uh, told us all the time. You know, there's nothing to lose, <laughs> everything to gain. I think um, th- that's um, that's actually true, you know, because uh, although you know, compared to other people, they may have a stable job, they may have a high salary, and uh, you are quite poor this time. But um, if you if you succeed, well, you you can have um, a lot of you can have reputation and have some money. But if you fail, that experience will benefit you in the rest of your life. So you mentioned earlier that you're currently based in Shenzhen. What made you decide to go there? Because I think a lot of times Beijing and Shanghai will also come to people's mind when we talk about China's entrepreneurship culture. But yeah, what was something maybe special about Shenzhen? Uh, I've been to Shanghai a lot. Uh, yeah. And uh, if I have enough, enough funding, I would definitely go to Shanghai, but uh, I don't. So Shenzhen is a 
is a very special place in China. You know, it's one of the mega cities in China. There's uh, Beijing, Shanghai, Guangzhou, and Shenzhen. There are four mega cities, and uh, Shenzhen is one of them. And Shenzhen also have very popular, you know, technology culture. So uh, that's part of the reasons. But uh, Shenzhen have a very low living cost, you know, and uh, the government, they also come up with a lot of subsidiaries for, you know, young graduates doing their own startup. So I can have a lot of funding from the government, from the subsidiaries, and, uh, you know, have a very low living cost based on my calculation with my own money and the government subsidiaries, I can survive for two years. So I just choose Shenzhen because it's have a entrepreneurship, uh, entrepreneurship culture and, uh, you know, low living cost and uh, enough funding. Yeah. Um, but, but also uh, if you try to doing a startup in Beijing and Shanghai, uh, the living cost is quite high, but it's, it's much easier for you to get big. You know, you heard a lot of uh, big tech companies uh, or unicorns in Beijing and Shanghai, but you heard very few in Shenzhen. In Shenzhen, you only heard about uh, Tencent, but um, like in Beijing, you heard about Bad Dance. And in Shanghai, mm. you heard about Xiaohongshu, which is um, a very similar product to Instagram. So, yeah, but but uh, for for me, I'm trying to make my own, uh, you know, my, make my first uh, first meeting. Shenzhen uh, is a very good place to do that. Uh, okay, uh, as you have mentioned, the entrepreneurship culture in Shenzhen. So I'm curious, like, how would you describe mm -hmm. the entrepreneurship scenes uh, in Shenzhen? Uh, can you use like up to three adjectives? I think the first, uh, the first thing is uh, hardworking. People in Shenzhen are uh, hardworking bees, you know. Uh, everybody is uh, working all the time. Maybe, maybe not working all the time, but, but they are working pretty long times. So in the morning, if you take the metro, you will see a lot of, uh, you will see uh, many people just rush into the metro station and uh, at a very late time, you, you will see a lot of tired people. They just came out of from the office. So, and a lot of people from those tech companies like Tencent or Huawei, they, they also work in the week, weekends. So I think people in Shenzhen are hardworking. Mm, the second thing is, uh, I think uh, the entrepreneurship in Shenzhen is more, I think they, they, are, they are not, that uh, proactive like uh, Beijing or Shanghai. You know, if you are trying to build a product, you don't have a very huge product release. Uh, you, you just, you know, showing a demo to some of the, some of the developers and uh, yeah, you, you make it quite low. You, you, you will do it in a low profile way. And um, yeah, that's the second thing. And uh, Certain thing is, um, uh, I think um, people, uh, the entrepreneurship in China, you know, they, they keep working on those functionalities and they keep on delivering the quality, the good product, good pro quality of those products. And uh, some, sometimes they don't focus on the 
of set of statics. You know, it's a functionality over a statics. Okay, so can you tell us how a typical day in your life looks like before COVID nineteen happened? So, did you guys work in a co working space, and how many hours do you usually work? Because I heard that a common work schedule practiced by many Chinese tech companies and startups is called a nine nine six. It arises from the requirement that employees work from nine a.m. to nine p.m. six days a week. Does that apply to you? Uh, if you are trying to do a startup, like I said, you want to be the if you want to be the winner, it's very very hard. So uh, it doesn't matter, you know, how nine nine six or Uh, working all the time, you just have to work very very hard. Um, before COVID nineteen, I actually live in my office. Yeah, it's a it's a terrible experience because um, I went to the gym to take a shower, and uh, I just live in my office. Uh, besides that, I just live in my office uh, all the time. I usually uh, wake up at about eight and work all. Uh, all the way to midnight. Uh, there's no rest. Uh, I just work seven days a week. Yeah, it's uh, uh, also I'm working uh, with a co-working space. Uh, but um, my co-working space is uh, there's an. I think people there don't work that hard. Uh, they usually uh, went back home at nine, uh, nine p.m. I'm the only one who live in the office because <laughs> uh, I don't have a lot of money, so I have to work very very hard. Yeah, it's a it's a quite terrible experience from my perspective. So, can you tell us some examples of the tasks that you typically do throughout the week? I came to Shenzhen for the first time. Uh, I have no idea the city's culture. This city's, um, you know. Uh, entrepreneurship atmosphere. So I went to a lot of uh, conference. Yeah, uh, in the first months, I went to a lot of conference. I tried to know some people, connect with them, and uh, then I, you know, I have um, I talk with my co-founders, and we are working on our project. So uh, we usually uh, have a meeting in the morning, and then uh, we we just work on our own. Uh, we we just uh, work on our own because uh, he, he's in Taiwan. He's currently in Taiwan, and we, you know, we we uh, work through the through we we have a meeting through Zoom or or Skype, and uh, we talk through Telegram, uh, WeChat, and Messengers. I'm responsible for all those coding. So if you are involved in a lot of coding for m- most of my time, and uh, yeah, we just have a meeting in the morning. I do coding. Uh, I then uh, we talk about our plans for uh, for the next phase. What we are gonna do uh, tomorrow. Uh, so we hold a meeting at midnight, and after the meeting, we just uh, go to sleep. Okay. So uh, you mentioned that before the COVID nineteen, like you、uh-huh. lived in the office and then went to the gym for showers.、Uh, I'm、uh-huh. just curious, like, has your day been changed due to the COVID nineteen? Because COVID nineteen happens, it's kind of hard for us, you know, to you know、uh, show people the product、uh, in some co working space because people are forbidden to talk to each other and、uh, social distancing. So. 
uh, we changed our strategy to working on uh, to working on this uh, website project uh, to make some money. Mm, and uh, after the COVID nineteen, I just uh, moved to the apartment because uh, not a lot of people went to the office uh, those days. So I work in my apartment and uh, uh, live in my apartment. Yeah. All right, so one last question for you. What is your ultimate goal or vision for bottle technology? My vision for bottle technology is to make some money. So we're making some money. Yeah, and uh, uh, just, uh, it's a, it feels part of my vision, but uh, I, I just want to, you know, I just hope bottle technology can help people in some ways, you know, because so to help people make wise decisions, so, and we use data, you know, try to make people see what they are doing and uh, uh, make wise decisions on what they are trying to buy. And um, that's my vision. I, I don't, uh, I think uh, bottom technology, this company may, may not last long, but I just hope uh, during its uh, existence, it can help people uh, in a lot of ways, yeah. Awesome. So thank you for answering our questions today and providing some insights into the Chinese startup scene. We wish you good luck with your startup bottle technology. So we hope our listeners enjoyed today's episode and could take something away from it. Let us know what you think. We'd love to hear your thoughts and opinions. Also, feel free to reach out to us if you have a specific topic you'd like to suggest. Be sure to follow us on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram for the latest updates. And check out our website for more content on Asia and Europe. Catch you guys soon.